Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mumbrella Cast one-on-one series. I'm your host, Neil Griffiths. First of all, thank you so much to everyone who listened to last week's episode. It was the part one episode uh, of my chat with Greg Hoffman, the former Nike CMO and the headlining act at this year's Mumbrella 360 conference. That was part one. This is part two. So welcome to part two if you have listened to part one. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to it. Check it out at mumbrella.com.au. So in the second part of my conversation with Greg Hoffman, we talked about so many things. First of all, we talked about some of his favorite Australian brands currently and the great work he's seeing in Australia. We also spoke about some of his favorite Nike campaigns during his 28-year stint at the company. I also got his reaction to Tiger Woods announcing in January that he was departing Nike after a near 30-year partnership. And from then, we kind of went into some conversations about his work with Tiger, the impact he had on sporting fans, golf fans, and really general consumers. And one of the most iconic campaigns with Tiger Woods really turned out to be ad-libbed. He'll talk a little bit about that. And Greg even gives us a little case study for Mumbrella in the theme of creativity and leadership. It's a very exciting conversation with Greg. I'm so excited to share part two with you right now. So here it is. Well, as we record this, we're a few months away from you coming to Sydney. So on that note, what is your perception of the Australian market currently? Is it strong? Does it need some work? And on that note, are there any particular projects you're seeing that are doing a good job? Uh, well, a couple of things. You know, I, I, I've why this is is a privilege, of course, is one just looking back at my own career and uh, being able to think back to some of the work I got to be a part of for the Austro- the Olympics in Australia, right, in 2000. Yeah. So it, it, it takes me back there. So that's, that's one. Um, the next part is I took my sabbatical from Nike, right? You're there a certain moment of time. You get six weeks to take time off, explore the world. And I took the family to Sydney and uh, the, the the Gold Coast wow. uh, in Australia, right? So we got to do some, of course, do some beginners surfing, right? <laughs> Remember, everybody everybody's an athlete, right? Good or bad. Um, so so that was that was really special. So one of the things I've been able to do, speaking of the Australian market over the last year is spend some time working with a brand called LSKD. And they're a sportswear brand that's doing really great things on the ground there. And um, reminds me a lot of some of the early days and some of the categories I worked with at Nike. And so you have a great team there, uh, you know, under the founder, Jason Daniel. And um, I think why it's captivating for me is Australia has always been such a big sporting nation. So to get to advise and, and coach and, and work with a team that's on, on their journey and they're doing great things. So, so that, and, and, you know, one of the surprises of this year, it's not necessarily marketing per se, but it, but it is, is the movie talk to me. So the movie, oh, the, the horror movie, sure. Yeah, so yeah. it's a, it's just so you know, it's a global phenomenon, and you know the fact that it's a, a movie created by Australian filmmakers and writers, right? Um, who, and that's a really crowded genre and field. It's really mm. difficult to come up with something 
where people, not to mention something that's coming from another country, but the fact that comes to the U.S. and just absolutely blows up speaks to a lot of what we've talked about, right? The power of not, not just going with the status quo. Mm. You know, they created a story that was disruptive, that took people to places that obviously were a little scary, but everybody embraced that. So I found that um, pretty amazing. And of course, as a film buff, I've always had a huge affinity for a lot of George Miller's work, of mm. course, with Mad Max and Road Warrior and that. So, so uh, it was in particular uh, an honor that through the UK release, um, the book has resonated really well in Australia. And I've gotten a lot of folks that have just reached out to me directly through social media uh, from the country. And so it's just been nice to dig into uh, my connection there. And that's, again, why I'm really looking forward to uh, coming and seeing everybody. Yeah. And I know you've probably your phone blew up, I imagine, a lot in the last few weeks. I did want to ask you because we know that you're such a passionate sports fan. Probably about three weeks ago now, it was revealed that Tiger Woods ended his near 30-year partnership with Nike. Firstly, what was your reaction to that news when you found out? Again, I have a lot of nostalgia, right? Because I feel, one, privileged to have watched Tiger through his career, and especially at his peak. Uh, I bought my first golf clubs and took my first golf lesson literally the week after Tiger won his first Masters at the age of 21 wow. in 1997. Literally the next week. And that's the effect he had on the sport. When we talk about people that transcend their sport or transcend their, their category, whatever that is, it means they're inviting people in to that arena that haven't necessarily had interest in that, but it's so captivating the way you play. Because the thing about Tiger, not to get geeky here, but I am a, a sports fan. What people don't understand is he won that Masters, I believe, by 12 strokes. And what people have to understand is he shot a 40 on the front nine the first day, mm. right? So he was well over par, not having it go his way. And to then dominate in that way. Again, I'm I'm going too far, but one of my favorite, you know, you talked about what are my favorite uh ads of all time. And and one of them that stands out because it's all about resourcefulness and spontaneity is the tiger hacky sack ad, where he's hitting the golf ball on the end of his yeah. club, and then at the end. He throws it up and like a baseball hits it in the air. And you know what? I mean, that only happened. He was actually shooting another commercial. And in between takes at that commercial out of boredom um, was was doing that. And uh, thankfully, uh, some of the Nike teammates saw him just on the side, you know, doing the hacky stack with the golf ball that um, they were empowered to take that and go, you know what, I think there's an idea there. And that speaks to, I think, that idea of, of 
allowing a little bit of spontaneity. If every, you know, as marketers, if everything you do is only possible because you were briefed to do it, because if 100% of what you're doing is because you it's on the business plan and the business brief, but there's no room to introduce anything else beyond that, I think you're not going to realize the incredible potential that's in your employees and, and the team overall. So I always talk about making sure that you leave just a little room uh, for improv, right, within mm -hmm. your process. doesn't have to be a lot. could just be 5% of what you do within a given month, but there's got to be time and a forum where you can show up and say, hey, you know, I, I was in because a lot of the biggest ideas I was a part of just a couple people in a hallway, mm. just going back and playing tennis with ideas back and forth. And then we just happened to be in a culture where you didn't need to ask for permission. You could flush that idea out and you could find an audience to listen. Right. So really important for listeners to not lose um, that, you know, make yourself accountable for that, right? Don't always wait to be told um, what to do. Of course, this is a business. And of course, you can't be distracted from doing the business at hand. But also part of the value you bring is your ability to see things that others can't see, right? Just with the, the hacky sack anecdote there, I had no idea that wasn't a planned thing. When someone pitched that this should be an idea to use, was it welcomed? Was it a bit, you know, unknown territory, this will fall flat? What was the reaction when that was brought to the table? Yeah, and, and there's plenty of, I, I believe you can find a couple different case studies on that with a little bit of digging. You'll find, uh, hopefully, uh, that story has been told through, through YouTube, et cetera. And I think, again it was welcomed, right? Because again, it gets back. So what's the insight? Well, the insight is, is that there is a lot of waiting sometimes and you have to find ways to entertain yourself. And of course, most golfers at one time or another have tried to, and unfortunately with no success, do the bouncing ball you know golf ball on the end of the club right looks pretty easy really really difficult so my point is is it's relatable right because you've been there and now you're seeing someone do it at a completely different level so again why 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 would that be allowed to move forward maybe and in another company it wouldn't it's because there's a, a culture of understanding what greatness looks like when it comes to storytelling. Comes from, you know, revealing something that's, as I said before, not just another observation, but something that's makes someone go, ah, you know, I, I see it. Yeah. So. And it was so cool to see that uh, when that was announced that Tiger was leaving Nike, both sides were so complimentary of each other. You know, it wasn't a bit of falling out. I'm curious to know, what's your relationship with Nike now? And obviously, you've left such an important legacy there. 
what are, what are your feelings and thoughts about where Nike is going now and, and into the future? Yeah, well, the great thing about Nike, it's so clear on its purpose, and it always has been. And the fact that its mission statement is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete. And by the way, there's an asterisk on athlete. If you have a body, you're an athlete. So that's everyone. So why I am always enthusiastic about the Nike brand is because their pursuit of serving all athletes today, but also those that will come tomorrow. And the fact that they're never satisfied with just sitting back on success. So uh, so I think it's it's been amazing to see what they've been doing in the world of football, with tennis, of course. You know, you've got a, a lot of new emerging athletes. I think the definition of an athlete continues to um, broaden, right? More and more people have embraced the fitness and health and wellness lifestyle. And I think Nike's responsible for a lot of that. And so I think we should feel pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, you know, it's, it's a, it's a brand that has a deep sense of purpose to, you know, progress, not just with people, but the world. Right. Yeah. So athletes want to incrementally, uh, progress towards their goals, right? You and I and everyone else. Uh, and at the same time, I think you can achieve that in a way that improves the conditions for everyone around the world. And by the way, I'm really impressed with the circular design philosophy. You know, what you take out of the earth, you need to, you know, you need to have the lowest footprint possible. Um, within uh your your offense on that so yeah so it's it's uh I, I think uh good things to come and it makes me proud to have been a part of of the brand i like that you're also broadening the term athlete so now i can feel better about myself and i can call myself an athlete every time i miss every shot on the court you know there's always the next shot <laughs> neil never stop shooting even with right? the slogans now uh, it's perfect <laughs> yeah you just just uh if if yeah i mean thankfully um i was surrounded and learned so much from uh, a lot of these athletes but uh of course i i also knew my place <laughs> as an athlete so um but we can always dream right Good. um look greg before you go i just thought it'd be fun for the listeners as well in the in the theme of you know, creativity and leadership and what we'll be talking about at Mumbrella 360. I thought I'd use Mumbrella as a little bit of a case study just to, to get your thoughts on some questions, more or less a speed round. I don't want to, you know, spend 40 minutes digging into Mumbrella, sure. but the, the similar questions I have for you. So again, using Mumbrella as the case study here, how would we make the skill of creativity approachable to everybody in the company? And that goes all the way through to the finance team. Everybody plays a role. Like, again, if you want to hold creativity up as one of the in rarefied air, like as one of the core values or pillars within your your company, then everybody has to play a role to to making sure it thrives. Right. Some people might be actual makers and creators. Other people might be briefing 
creativity. Some might be shaping and evaluating it. Some people might be shipping it. Some people in the finance department might be supporting it, right, on that. But everybody plays a, a role in that mm -hmm. to make creativity something that's thriving. And I think, to be honest, within the landscape right now, um, it, it needs advocates more than ever before, again, because a lot of what's been happening is so, so automated. So, so that, that, that's, that's one of those, uh, on that. And then of, of course, too, uh, and, and, you know, I've always said that is, is I've never kicked anybody out of a brainstorm session. Okay. And I've given, I've, I've led hundreds of brainstorm sessions and I want the highest level diversity in the room, right? Because it's all about perspectives and passing the ball back and forth to, to achieve something unique. And so, yeah, you don't, you don't close the door and say anybody that's not creative needs to leave. The whole point is for the most part, when it comes to conceiving those, those, rough ideas um a lot of people can participate in that you said that before you know some might be more creative than others so it's just a bit of a trait that some have and some don't can it be developed and on that how do you know if creativity is working amongst a team well in some ways it's there's again there's there's to me there's the definition of creativity comes in two forms. There's conceiving an idea and applying it. And the application of ideas, it does fit into that, you know, 10,000 hours aspect, right? Where you have the experience, you put in the time, you've built the rigor to become a great UX designer, great at creating logos, great at writing headlines, an awesome art director, right? You've 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 spent the time. You've committed to it. Um, you've been willing to sacrifice to achieve that. And so, and the great thing is, perfection is never possible, right? Like you're always trying to reach and 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 get there uh, on that. So, so from an application standpoint, yeah, but you have to be willing to to commit to that. Um, and um yeah i mean sometimes i look at myself as as a right brain thinker more creatively inclined right um i grew up in an environment where creativity was really supported right the environmental side and then kind of the nature nurture part the the nature part is i'm from a, a family who you know practiced a lot of artistic pursuits but that would mean nothing if I was in an environment that neither respected it or supported it. So when you talk about creative, is creativity a skill that can be developed? Um, oftentimes, creativity is hidden with, within us mm. because as we've gotten older, we've been told not to play less and less. Yeah. Right. Um, meaning let's get serious, right? So sometimes you need an environment, you need leaders who are willing to unlock that, who can see that um, and reveal that in in those around us. And I think we can all do a better job of, of doing that. Yeah. And is what kind of structures or information can you put in place 
to ensure that you're still, you know, learning from your audience and connecting to them. You know, a very cliche example would be when a young musician blows up, their first album does ridiculous business, then they get attached to the success and fame a little bit. Their second album is nothing like what mm-hmm. their fans know about because they kind of fell out of love with it. How do you ensure that you're staying on track and you're still engaging with the team, but also you're still connecting with the audience? Well, again, this this speaks to like, the two traits of empathy and curiosity, right? That that again, in business, your your role is to serve serve the customers aspirations and needs in the deepest way possible and that you've spent the time um you've immersed yourself in their world their world is not only their uh performance needs if you will um it's also the world they're living in and how they connect with people how how they are inspired like what are also the macro trends it's like understanding that entire universe and then on the other hand how do you not Back to your your example of a musician that has a hit one day and can't sustain it. Um, that's where, as a as a marketer or a designer um, or a storyteller, um, it's so important to constantly challenge yourself to look outside your own category, right? To understand that oftentimes the inspiration you need to get to the next level is not going to come just looking within your own sector right on that so um make curiosity a habit so there's the constant flow of inspiration is it possible to recognize and reward that success again if we're using the musician metaphor to recognize and reward that success without kind of falling off track because again if you do fall into success and and think you've now got the pattern down right you don't need to learn. You don't need to evolve. Yeah. Well, th- look. There's off, again. We're getting into you. You need self confidence and self awareness, right? right. In, in equal measure, you want the confidence and self belief to take that step and and create. At the same time, be open uh, to constructive critique if you will or be be a great team player right um certainly i worked at a brand where you you won as a team every day right uh, uh, on that so at the end of the day i think you so that you don't just create an art gallery culture right sure. where we're all doing we're all just doing whatever we want right um, this is a business, and our role oftentimes is to create, you know, uh, high growth per quarter, right, over and over again. And so there's a level of accountability that you have to instill. And I want to give a shout out to oftentimes the overlooked uh, discipline and function leaders within the the agencies and brands we work with, and that's more on the end of marketing or creative operations, right? Those that make sure the trains are running on time. And oftentimes they're the backbone of the offense, especially as we deliver, we're asked to deliver more content faster, right? And 
you know so you need everybody again plays a role in doing that and um i just think uh when you when you say can you really um ingrain those within your operation you need both sides of the brain art and science left and right brain thinkers making that happen well greg i could talk to you all day but i know you're a very busy man and we don't want to spoil the event uh you're here in a couple of months you mentioned before earlier you have been in sydney before uh how long were you here last time uh 11 days okay yeah in the dead of summer i believe it was uh december wow okay i apologize that's okay (laughs) hey listen i'll take whatever whatever uh nature gives us was that was that the first and only time you've been to sydney that's right oh wow okay is there anything you want to achieve on this trip or any particular things you want to see or do yeah i mean look i'm i'm an architecture buff uh both historic and and modern so that's always available all the time right i love cities that are on bodies of water right there's so many interesting aspects to the lifestyle on that so just sydney as a whole uh has is is captivating for me uh and then to be able to visit within the context of talking about brand building um is a treat well greg thank you for coming again on the show and we cannot wait to see you down here in may sounds good thanks again for having me i enjoyed the conversation Thank you for listening to this Mumbrella one-on-one series with Greg Hoffman. That is part one and two officially done. There is no part three. However, I can tell you that next week we'll be sharing the full video of this entire conversation on the Mumbrella YouTube page. So keep an eye on mumbrella.com.au for more details. And of course, Greg is headlining the Mumbrella 360 conference in Sydney, taking place on the 21st to 23rd of May at the Dalton House. For tickets, head to mumbrella.com.au forward slash mumbrella360. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.